Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores, led by Walmart and Target, are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall Credit Card Bill. Welcome back to the Hollow Sky Podcast. Thank you for tuning in on this fine Monday. Um, I'm one half of your host, Stephen. And I'd be the other half, Kyle. Kyle, we have another doozy of an episode today. It's one that people have been asking for us to kind of touch on. They've shared a bunch of experiences, and that is the subject of sleep paralysis. So before we jump into that, make sure you stick around after we get through all this business. That being said, you can find us at all of the social media pages, the Facebooks, the Twitters, the Instagrams, and the YouTubes. Just search Hollow Sky Podcast and you'll find us there. And if you guys have any experiences of your own or want to chat it up with us, whatever you want to do, we have a hotline you can call, which is one eight seven seven eight zero zero hollow Or you can record it on your voice memo app, which basically has an unlimited message length. Then you can just email it to us, and we'll respond to you, play it on the episode, whatever. Yeah, you can send those emails to hollowskypodcast at gmail.com. Also, for our Apple iTunes listeners, make sure you head on over to the uh, podcast app and leave us a five-star rating and review. Each one of those helps us become more, what's the word I'm looking for? Available and noticed. Yeah, you can... Find us easier every time we get one of those. Kind of helps us pop up the charts whenever people search for different things. And well, that and it'll you know you <clears throat> say you listen to a popular uh, paranormal podcast, and then you go down, and we'll be in the like recommendation section. Like, oh, listeners also like this podcast. Yeah, definitely. Our five star rating and review we've got this week is from Josh Grizzle. Josh is also the host of an up-and-coming podcast. If you guys like uh, cryptids, be sure to jump over there and check him out at the Cryptid Chasers podcast. You can find those on iTunes and Spotify. Just just check him out wherever you listen to your uh, podcasts. He's just starting out, and it's a fun little podcast he's got going so far. Into our topic for this evening, which is sleep paralysis. The definition of sleep paralysis, according to WebMD.com, sleep paralysis is the feeling of being conscious and unable to move. It occurs when a person passes between stages of wakefulness and sleep. During these transitions, you may be unable to move or speak for a few seconds up to a few minutes. Some people may also feel pressure or a sense of choking. Sleep paralysis may accompany other sleep disorders such as narcolepsy, which is the uh, when you fall asleep at pretty much any time. Right, in the middle of talking, in the middle of eating. Be terrible. And when does sleep paralysis occur? Sleep paralysis usually occurs at one of two times. If it occurs while you're falling asleep, it's called predormital sleep paralysis. If it happens when you're waking up, it's postdormital. 
Uh, pre-dormital sleep paralysis. As you fall asleep, your body slowly relaxes. Usually be, you become less aware, so you do not notice the change. However, if you remain or become aware while falling asleep, you may notice that you cannot move or speak. Post-dormital. During sleep, your body alternates between, between REM, rapid eye movement, and NREM, non-rapid eye movement sleep. One cycle of REM and NREM sleep re- lasts about 90 minutes. <clears throat> In REM sleep occurs first and takes up to 75% of your overall sleep time. During NREM, your body relaxes and restores itself. At the end of NREM, your sleep shifts to REM. Your eyes move quickly and dreams occur, but the rest of your body remains very relaxed. Your muscles are turned off during REM sleep. If you become aware before the REM sleep cycle has finished, you may notice that you cannot move or speak. So those are the two times that this usually occurs. You know, it's kind of weird. What's that? I just thought about it seeing that it's highlighted in off web md <coughs> i find it kind of Excuse strange me. that like in the medical profession they always have weird names for stuff right yeah but they they just they put in under rem that your eyes move quickly and dreams occur acknowledging the word dreams not not like some type of specific function that the brain is performing that it's just simply dreams do you think maybe they just kind of like, for lack of a better term, just dumbed it down? Maybe, or maybe do they even know what the hell dreams are? Probably not. Yeah, that's kind of what I'm. That's kind of what I'm getting at. That's, I just found it strange. Like you're just reading that, and I saw that dreams were highlighted, and maybe maybe there's an alternate link there that takes you to what dreams really are. I don't know, but I don't know. It's just kind of weird. That was just an observation I made. Yeah, they normally. <sighs> Hell, they probably don't know what dreams are. Probably not. That'd be my guess, and I wouldn't blame them for not being able to figure it out. So I have sort of an encounter with sleep paralysis. Actually, I have a couple, but they're all pretty much exactly the same. I'll be asleep, I'm assuming, but I'll wake up, and I'll acknowledge that I'm awake, but I cannot move. I can't move my arms. I can't wake myself up. It's just me being fully aware that I'm in my bedroom. The last... One just happened probably last week, which doesn't happen often, but it does happen. I was laying in bed, middle of the night, I was laying on my side, and I woke up, and I knew that I was awake, but I had this, like, overwhelming sense of fear, like something or someone else was in my house. This has happened numerous times. Had one happen during the day, I was taking a nap, and I remember my eyes were open, and I just knew something was going to come in the bedroom. Something was going to come in that was malevolent. And you can't do anything about it. You can't move. You can't wake yourself up. You're just there just waiting for it to happen. And eventually, I mean, nothing happens. I didn't see any figures, which are normally uh, kind of come with sleep paralysis, but it's just that overwhelming fear was definitely there. And I'd wake up a little while later and you know, clearly remember I'd wake up and sweating and be out of breath and stuff. And it's, it's intense. It's an intense feeling. I know you've had a I couple can imagine. similar experiences. I don't, I don't really have like the typical sleep paralysis situation, if you will, because I don't, I've never like had a waking feeling where I cannot move my body. You know, the closest one that I ever, that you could really attest to myself would be when I first saw the alien in my bedroom, but I do move in that, you know, I don't, I don't, I, you know, and I know that I can move because I did. Now there are other things that I experience called exploding head syndrome Yeah. and which we are going to get into the definition of that. But basically for me, like I'll be falling asleep and I'm right in the in-between and I hear it's always one of two things for me it's either I hear a car door shut which and it's loud like in my ears it sounds exactly like a car door shutting which usually prompts me to get up and go look out the window to see if anybody's at my house or I hear a female and it's almost always female whisper my name in my ear that would be creepy yeah and that's and then I, I can, most of the time when it's that whisper, though, it's it's strange because I feel extremely weird. Like, what the hell was that? And then within 
five seconds, I'm usually passed out cold. <laughs> Didn't like frighten you enough to where you? No, I'm just like whatever. I'm going to sleep. <laughs> and I'll be out. <laughs> um, who develops sleep paralysis? Interestingly enough, it is actually quite common. Up to as many as four out of every ten people have had some sort of sleep paralysis. The condition is common, usually first noticed in the teen years. Men and women can. Win- Let me try that again. But men and women of any age can develop it. Sleep paralysis may run in families, and some people say it could be genetic as well. Other factors that have been linked to sleep paralysis include, but are not limited to, lack of sleep, sleep schedule changes, mental conditions such as stress or bipolar disorder, sleeping on your back. There's tons of people who say that it counts when you just sleep on your back. I read somewhere that it affects, like, the way that you breathe and that possible, like, lack of oxygen. Huh has something to do with it because I I haven't really had sleep paralysis but I'll wake up like terrified whenever I sleep on my back see that's weird I wonder what prompts that terrified feeling I don't know maybe it's just your body's reaction to not being able to like breathe normal I could understand that if that is part of it I could totally understand that holy shit what's going on Uh, other sleep problems such as narcolepsy and nighttime leg cramps uh, use of certain medications, such as those for ADHD and substance abuse. So those are all things that have been linked to, but not limited to, sleep paralysis. Uh, doing my research, I've noticed that sleep paralysis has a deep-rooted... Uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like a lore? Yeah, that's it. That's totally what I'm looking for. Got you back, homie. Um, <laughs> one common uh, aspect that has been linked to it throughout history is the old hag. And old hag syndrome is often accompanied to sleep paralysis. The night hag, according to Wikipedia, or old hag is the name given to a supernatural creature used to explain the phenomenon of sleep paralysis. It is a phenomenon during which a person feels a presence or supernatural malevolent being which immobilizes the person as if sitting on his or her chest at the foot of their bed. The word nightmare, or nightmare, is used to describe this phenomenon before the word acquired its modern, more general meaning. Various cultures have various names for this phenomenon and or supernatural character. So there's tons of folklore for it. (laughs) See, that's interesting that they, they tied something like that to it. Yeah, and I mean, I feel like in past history, that's the only thing they, before like science and medical terms advance, this is the only thing they could like attack, attach it to, like a (laughs) demon. And that would be the logical answer? Yeah, why not? I like the (laughs) non-logical side of things. Well, if you wake up scared, what, I mean, might as well have an old person sitting on your chest. Well, (laughs) I guess, (laughs) but no, I'm just saying like, I like the idea better that because let's face it with a lot of this definition and a lot of the research that has gone into sleep paralysis, they still don't know what the hell's going on. They, to my understanding, they can't exactly pinpoint why the brain is doing what it's doing, you know, because I can understand you, you're feeling a little strange. Okay. Let's say you are in that in between sleep state and I guess like your brain activates, but it only, why does it only activate your eyes? And then at the same time, you cannot move your body, but then you start hallucinating quote unquote, where you're seeing things manifest itself. And 90% of the time when you're seeing these things, they're always scary. Why? Why is it always scary? You know, why isn't, why isn't it a giant chocolate fountain at the foot (laughs) of your bed? Trying to, that's kind of scary. I mean, I guess. But what if you drowned? It, that would suck. But I mean, in hindsight, would you rather see a giant chocolate fountain or, like my son apparently sees, a man with no eyes and no mouth? Which, interestingly enough, as I was doing my research today, is common in sleep paralysis. Yeah, they're talking about this, and it is really strange. Yeah, we were at dinner last night, and we were talking, and... Kyle's like, yeah, you know, my son keeps talking about this man in the doorway with no eyes and no face. And I was like, that's fucked. Yeah, and I don't know if, like, I feel like he's pulling my strings because he does have a really wild imagination, which I appreciate. I love the fact that he does. 
because he'll take my lantern and say he's looking for creatures. And, you know, I don't make he it any better. He said he had a <laughs> video of Bigfoot on yeah, his iPad. Yeah, he, he videoed Bigfoot in his room. So that was pretty cool. Uh, he's talked about orbs being in his room. He knows the aliens are in spaceships. And That's I, pretty I, sharp for a little dude. Yeah, and he's not even four years old yet. I And I do blame myself for some of this because, you know, obviously we talk about it quite often. And every Monday, my wife and him listen to our podcast on the way to the babysitter's house. So he probably does pick some of that stuff up from us conversating on the show and in real life. But I don't feel like that specific. Like the Bigfoot thing I could see, we talk about it a lot. The alien thing I could see, we talk about it a lot. Yeah. I don't recall us ever having a conversation about a man with no eyes and no face. No, not at all. And I really hope that it is just his imagination because he does come up with some really wild stuff, you know, in, in disregarding the paranormal, but he... He's just got. He's a kid. He's got a wild imagination, and that's what I would like to chalk this up to, versus it actually being something because that sucks. Yeah, that's pretty wild. But he's never really. He's not scared to go back into his room and go to sleep or anything like that. So that's he hunts plus. creatures all day. That's true. He is kind of a hard ass. He has. He actually has a lantern, and he goes out in the yard at night and he hunts creatures. I'm not kidding, and Steve's not kidding at all. He did it just the other night. He tried to get me to go with him, and I was like, hell with that. Go hunt creatures by yourself. <laughs> and then he come back and told us how he's seen eyes. <laughs> so, like I said, he's got an imagination on <laughs> Circling back to the folklore, pretty much every culture has some sort of lore dealing with this phenomenon. Something trying to explain or at least give a little structure to this this phenomenon. I'll touch on some of them. There's... There is a ton. Like, every culture talks about it. I'll just go through some that are listed on Wikipedia to give you guys kind of an idea. In Scandinavian folklore, sleep paralysis is caused by a mare, a supernatural creature related to incubi or succubi. Mm. The mare is a damned woman who is cursed, and her body is carried mysteriously during sleep without her noticing. In Newfoundland, southern Georgia, or South Carolina, and Georgia, the... the Native figure of a hag who leaves her physical body at night and sits on the chest of her victims. The victims usually wake with a feeling of terror, has difficulty breathing because of perceived heavy, invisible weight on his or her chest, and is unable to move, i.e. sleep paralysis. Well, that and you hear accounts of uh, people saying they can, it's almost like they can feel somebody on them holding them down. Yeah. And that, that's, so that's kind of interesting. Pretty much spread throughout every culture. <clears throat> right. In Fiji, the experience is interpreted as Kanatavoro. I'm probably mispronouncing these, but bear with me. Which is basically being eaten by a demon. That doesn't sound fun. In many cases, the demons can be the spirit of a recently dead relative who's come back for unfinished business or has come to communicate some important news. Often persons sleeping near the afflicted person will say, Kanya Kanya, which is eat, eat, and attempt to prolong the possession for a chance to converse with a dead relative or spirit. So they're actually like tuning in. Yeah, so they're embracing. Yeah, to try to talk to a dead relative. This quote unquote possession. Um, in Turkey, sleep paralysis is called Karabasan, similar to other stories of de- demonic visitation during night sleep. A supernatural being, commonly known as a jinn, comes to the victim's room and holds him or her down hard enough to not allow any kind of movement and starts to actually strangle the person to get rid of the demonic creature one needs to pray to Allah. Thailand. It is believed sleep paralysis and discomfort is caused by a ghost of Thai folklore known as Fiam. Some people claim the spirit can even cause bruises and the spirits are common in Thai comic books. Southern states, uh, sleep paralysis is just referred to as witch writing. Which, you have an old hag riding on you, so witch riding. Right. Makes sense. Um, Eastern Chinese folklore, it's thought that a mouse can steal human breath at night. Human breath strengthens the mouse, allowing it longevity and the ability to briefly become a human at night. Hmm. Similar in fashion to fox spirits. Eastern China. Chinese culture, sleep paralysis is widely known as opinion, which literally translate into ghost pressing on your body or ghost pressing on the bed. Um, Korean culture, sleep paralysis is called gawai nulum, 
literally being pressed down by something scary in a dream. It's often associated with the belief that a ghost or spirit is lying on top or pressing down on the sufferer. There are a ton of these. I can. Yeah, keep I was going to say another little thing that I find weird. They all circle around basically like we were talking about earlier about not being able to breathe. Mm-hmm. Like your breathing has something to do with it. And then not to mention all of them. Almost every culture on the planet has almost the exact same definition just with different characters. Yep. It's really weird <clears throat> that everybody experiences this. It's not yeah. You know, like uh the Bray Road Beast is here. It's it's, it's universal. It's, yeah, it's it's everywhere. human. Arab culture, sleep paralysis is often referred to as the jathum, littering or literally translates to what sits heavily on something. Same That's thing so again. So weird. Yep. Uh Turkish culture, sleep paralysis is referred to as the karabasan. I think I said that already. It's the dark presser or the assailer. Persian culture is known as the baktak a ghost-like creature that sits on the dreamer's chest making it hard to breathe uh, <clears throat> in Egypt it's believed to be an evil African queen's ghost who haunts souls which is she's trying to capture before being chased off um, Swahili speaking Southeast African countries it's known as the jinmatsi or being strangled by the jinn so there's a couple jinns in there yeah I find it interesting the what was it Scandinavian that attested it to the succubus and incubus that was kind of interesting yeah I would assume that in that culture that those two figures are relatively prominent yeah Iceland folk culture sleep paralysis is generally called having a Mara which is a goblin or succubus since it's usually female believed to have caused nightmares other U- European cultures share variants of the same folklore, folklore, calling her under different names. Um, looking through here, uh, in on Sardinia, one of Italy islands, there's an old belief that identifies the cause of sleep paralysis as a demonic being called Amutadori ghoulish creature sits on the chest of the sleeping victim and suffocates them, sometimes ripping skin with its nails. It's also believed in parts of the island that this demon wears seven red caps on its head. If the victim resists the pain and succeeds to steal one of the caps, he will soon find a hidden treasure as a reward. See, I didn't get that in my sleep paralysis. No. Because I would be going for the treasure. Well, yeah. Uh, Latvian folk culture sleep paralysis is called torture by strangling. It's thought the soul of a killed, strangled, drowned, or hanged person attacks both people and domestic animals. Never heard that before. That's weird. In the Americas, during the Salem witch trials, several people reported nighttime attacks by various alleged witches, including Bridget Bishop. That may have been caused by sleep paralysis. In Mexico, it's believed to be caused by the spirit of a dead person. A ghost lies down on the body of the sleeper, rendering them unable to move. And then it just goes on to talk more and more about old hag. So, as you can see there, this is not just like an American new uh, instance. It's it's over history. It's throughout all cultures. It's... it's Across the board of yeah. time and space, I guess. Pretty much every culture has to deal with it. To me, that's intriguing. Yeah. It makes it more more human so to speak you know what i mean yeah like it's not just tied to one culture yeah but i just i still don't understand why you see some of these horrifying things that you see you know what i'm saying yeah like is is your body are you is that lack of oxygen starting to make you hallucinate is it you know is it forcing your brain to do something it could be, like, because they kind of go hand in hand with one another. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, the lack of oxygen could totally cause you to have hallucinations. Or, going down the better road, is is your body and brain being put in this, I guess I'll use, I'll use the phrase, like a harsh environment, and it's starting to 
unlocks something inside of your brain, making it capable of something more. I mean, it definitely could be. You know, because... Maybe these, maybe we're, when this happens, we're seeing things that we wouldn't normally see. You know what I mean? Yeah. See, I, I kind of envision, and I know we go down this road a lot, but what if, what if, because we don't know, we le- legitimately don't know anything about the brain. The brain is still a giant mystery to the science and medicine and everybody. You know, we, so we're not, we're, we don't even begin to realize what the brain is actually capable of doing. Oh, yeah. You know, so I have this running theory that maybe sleep paralysis, I'm not saying it opens the door, but maybe it cracks the door and gives you a peer into, say, an alternate universe or... Maybe when we're awake, the brain has filters that doesn't let us see these things that are constantly here around us anyway. Yeah. That's then when a good we point. go to when when the brain shuts down and goes to sleep, it knows that we're not going to remember anything that's going on. It fills our brain with dreams and stuff to not pay attention that it's letting these filters down and sometimes these things slip through the cracks. Yeah. <laughs> Damn, my brain just exploded the thinking boom. about that. I was like putting it together in my with my hands and making all this fucking No, but it's, that's what I like to hear is the the out of the box because it doesn't matter what anybody wants to say. You can sit here and talk shit about it all you want, but we we legitimately know nothing about the brain. Dude, I'm sticking with my theory. Where the, all this shit's here anyway, but like the brain just says, you know what? We're not going to mess with all that scary shit. <laughs> and then when you fall asleep, they're like, okay, we can put these filters down and rest a while, but sometimes we're not asleep. Damn, dog. Yeah, but then what would be the correlation with the, uh, the not being able to breathe, you think? Maybe your body's putting all that oxygen towards shutting all those filters down. Yeah. It's possible. I just went on a tangent there. A lot. good. There's a lot of different um, entities that are aligned with sleep paralysis. Like I said, we have the old hag, which is common throughout all sorts of um, mythologies and whatnot with sleep paralysis. You have um, the faceless man. Yeah. which we just talked about with your son. There's the hat man. A lot of people talk about seeing him. Yeah, that's really taken off. And it goes with shadow people too, which kind of correlates into my theory that awake people are starting to see these. So, like, it, in your theory, which I do appreciate and like... Quit trying to for, debunk me, Kyle. I'm not. I'm saying that I appreciate it because, especially when you go into hat man and shadow people... I didn't like part of your theory for some of these cases because some of them are almost like an alternate reality where you see things involving yourself. Like, uh, if I remember one story correctly, like the, the, the roof caved in on her. Oh yeah. That's coming up. Exactly. And, but I like it for the hat man and shadow people because it totally makes sense how you describe as these things are always there. We just can't see them because our brain has these filters. But when you're going into that REM sleep or coming out of, your filters wouldn't be on because you're asleep, right? Yeah, like it takes but a if, break. Yeah, but if, you, if you're if you waking up too early or not falling asleep fast enough, maybe like you're saying, you're catching a slight glimpse of what is actually around it's you. already there. Yeah. Dude, that sucks. That does suck. <laughs> it's also been attributed to demons, which... Probably comes a lot more from past histories because a lot of times, anytime something negative happened, what's the first thing they're going to go to? The scariest thing. The devil and demons. Also, ding, ding, ding. They often correlate with alien abduction claims. Bullshit. Well, people do have sleep paralysis when they get abducted. I don't believe it. Like they say they can't move. I think it's the aliens. Well, it could be. Maybe the aliens are using this. Okay, I like. I'll I mean, go with that one, but I, that's not what this is saying. They're saying that it, aliens are a figment of their imagination because they're in the sleep paralysis. Mm, yeah, that's what they're saying. And I just I don't think it's it. in the same vein. You know what I mean? Like a lot of people that suffer from alien abductions often talk about having sleep paralysis. Yeah, but that could also be 
because the aliens are inducing something of that nature. Well, aliens are dicks. I would agree. <laughs> so there's and they, there's a pretty general consensus on that. Yes. The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Except for the ones that heal you. Oh, I've never met one of those, so... Oh. Are, there, are there aliens that make me rich? Because that'd be dope. Maybe. <laughs> I don't know. Um, Another... Uh, sort of thing that kind of goes with sleep paralysis is exploding head syndrome. Which I kind of went over with my experiences. Yes, which Kyle suffers from. Here, if, for people that don't know what exploding head syndrome is, I will tell you what WebMD tells us. Although it's a very vivid name, exploding head syndrome is not painful. It's where you hear a loud noise right before you fall asleep or wake up. And other people do not hear it. It may sound like fireworks, a bomb... Uh, a loud crash. Some people have described it as a gunshot, symbols crashing, or a lightning strike. Even though it doesn't hurt, it can cause a lot of confusion. As it's happening, you may think you're in the midst of a heart attack or a stroke. Sometimes you might just hear a loud sound. Other times you may have a flash of light or a muscle twitch at the uh, same time. Dude, I totally get the flash of light. Yeah? Yeah, I didn't think that was affiliated with the uh, exploding head, but there are times where I see the flash of light. Yeah, dog. Um, episodes uh, come every so often. You may hear several sounds in one night. You could have a lot of them in a short period and then none for a long time over. Causes. Researchers don't know much about exploding head syndrome. There are different opinions about its cause, but nothing set in stone. Uh, scientists think it could be caused from minor seizures to the temporal lobe of the brain, sudden shift in parts of the middle ear, or intense stress or anxiety. The loud noise you hear may not be exploding head syndrome. It could be a result of something else like some other sleep disorder, side effect medicine you take, (laughs) a medical or mental health condition, or drug or alcohol abuse. Dude, I love how they say some other sleep disorder. Like, we don't know, but... That's that's what all this is. We're going to go ahead and throw that out there. Um, experts don't know how many people have exploding head syndrome, but they do know that women are more likely to have it than men. People are older than 50 are more likely to have it, but kids as young as 10 have been reported to have it too. So apparently I'm the outcast. I don't think they know. They, it's, it's like they, they haven't, done enough, in every direction they haven't done enough study on it. They're like, oh, this person had it, so we'll pin there, and that person had it, so we'll pin there, and that person's a woman, so we're going to go ahead and pin her. And But this dude got it, so it could be him. It sounds like it leads a lot more study than what they're doing here. Yeah, but they, they at the same time, they probably don't care because it's not... It doesn't hurt anyone. Yeah, it's not affecting people's health directly that yeah. they can correlate anything to anyways. It's, I don't know. It still is weird to me that people see the shadow people during sleep paralysis, but then you also have people seeing them during the day, like during regular times. It is weird. Hmm. I wonder if it's just that, if it's like ingrained in a part of our brain that we're like supposed to fear shadows, you know, does that make sense? You know how like uh kind of like uh the theory on like uh DNA memory um, maybe right like like in a theory like say our crazy far back ancestors were scared of shadows because they had a lore that went along with them or whatever yeah like you know what I mean and they that, always came around or b- before during the dark like right and. Because it's so ingrained in our ancestors, it actually carries yeah, through yeah, our yeah. DNA, and we still have them instincts. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. But that being said, we have a few listener stories that we've been saving to put in this episode that we are going to get into and share with you. Before we wrap everything up, and we are going to do that right now. 
All right, I'll go ahead and start with this story. It comes from Erica. And she submitted this to a while us to us a while ago, but we also had another friend who planned on submitting, so we've been kind of waiting to do an episode on this stuff because the whole subject is to me it's a little sketchy. At least the medical findings on sleep paralysis. I don't know that I necessarily agree. But anyways, it's almost like they haven't like like they don't know, like you said. Exactly. Not not that the people experiencing it is sketchy. They're right. Like medical's explanation for yes, it is sketchy. From a medical standpoint, it is it is weird. But anyways, here we go with the story. She says, "Hey guys, loving the podcast so far. I told Sean I had some stories for you, so here it goes. I have sleep paralysis. If you don't know exactly what it is, it is when you basically wake during sleep but you are unable to move or speak or do anything and are completely paralyzed it is like waking up in the middle of a dream except when i wake up in mine they are nightmares literally my eyes will be open and i can see the room i'm in everything around me and my nightmares playing out in front of me making it very real i always thought these were just simply nightmares but since i met my boyfriend Almost two years ago, I've started to rethink that. I remember having these dreams since I was in my crib, and now I am 34. The most vivid ones I remember are from adulthood from the past 15 years to present. The first big one was at the first house my ex-husband and I lived in. Our living room was long and narrow, and our kitchen was next to it. The rooms were separated by a countertop, so the back of the couch was against the counter, and the other side of the counter had bar stools to sit at, facing the living room. One night I fell asleep on the couch and woke up in the midst of one of these dreams. When I opened my eyes, there was a tall black shadow leaning over the back of the counter, top over the couch coming at me. That was the first time I was completely terrified, waking up to something in the house and not being able to move or get away from it, or even close my eyes to be able to stop it. We moved into a different house a few years later, and I had a, had multiple dreams there. We had a long hallway with three bedrooms off of it. Our bedroom was first, and then my son's room was further down. We always slept with the bedroom door open. Again, I woke up having a nightmare. Someone was in our house, and when I opened my eyes, there was a black shadow walking down the hallway, stopping in the doorway to look at me for what seemed like forever, and then proceeded to walk down the hallway towards my son's room. That I would, would be awful. Yeah. I would tell you nightmare or not, there's no worse feeling than someone or something going towards your child's room and you literally cannot move, scream, or wake anyone else in the house to stop it. About a year ago, I was staying at my boyfriend's house and had another one. I actually had a dream that his dog was barking and that I heard someone opening the back door. When I awoke from this dream... There was a black shadow walking past the bedroom door. When I came to and was actually awake, the dog was looking at the doorway and growling at it. I've had some terrifying dreams regarding this before, but now the dog is agreeing with me outside of the dream world, and that made it even worse because what if he saw it too and it wasn't a dream? I have tons of these dreams, but these are the ones that come to mind first and foremost. My boyfriend is not a fan of haunted things and refuses to go to ghost tours or partake in anything that is genuinely haunted because of some experiences he has had in the past. He refused to let me tell him about what happened at his house until recently because he moved out of that house last summer. When I told him, he told me that his house was haunted, but he didn't want to tell anyone because he didn't want to believe it. He saw a dark figure walking around more than once and his dog would growl and look in a different in, in a direction and when he looked there was nothing there. Interested to hear your thoughts on this. Thanks guys, Erica. Well, Erica, thank you so much for sharing your story with us. Uh again, that kind of ties into the shadow people thing as you've seen like you said you've seen it multiple times. Did it have a hat? <laughs> this is the first thing I was wondering if it ties into the hat man. So I was curious about that. Dude, what is awesome is prior to this, I hadn't read this story because I like to keep um fresh. You know, I want my yeah. reaction to it to be fresh. But 
I think it's awesome because here we decide to reverse the order we do things and have the explanation and then some acknowledgement stories and super what are the what are the odds she touches on that we talk about <laughs> yeah. the filters and everything else and she talks about what what floors me the dog the dog that sees it yep i thought the same thing when you were reading it i'm like there it is yeah. i'm like my I mean, my theory straight up. is confirmed by the dog yeah they're there we just don't see them or awake kudos dog and sometimes they slip through the cracks sometimes but the like, filters but like she through. said maybe it's not actually a dream no, that's what I'm. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, that's what my theory says, Kyle. They're always here. Sorry, I'm not a scientist. <laughs> not a philosopher. <laughs> yeah, pepperoni some, or saucers. <laughs> sometimes I will see things in my house out of the corner of my eye, and they always register as shadows, and I always write it off as me just seeing stuff. But if my hypothesis is correct, they're here all the time anyway. We just don't see them. And maybe it's not even so much that we don't see them, it's just that our brain tunes them out. Because, like I said, we have this natural DNA instinct to be afraid of them. <clears throat> so instead of, <clears throat> excuse me, everybody running around all terrified all the time, your brain's like, you know what, just don't pay attention to those. We're just going to shut those out for right now. Yeah. And, I mean, I, I totally agree with you. Like, when you talk about the figure going to your son's room and it being what could only be described as one of the worst feelings Oh, ever it's, and on top of that you can't even do anything about it yeah it's terrible it's terrible when you're when your kids are scared of something that you can't fix or on the flip side of that you're scared of something getting to your kids that you can't fix it's an awful feeling and the fact that your boyfriend came through and admitted to seeing the same thing as well like that's that's pretty wild and i don't blame him not wanting to go to any genuinely haunted places i do I'm not a, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of that stuff either. Not so much for ghosts, but I don't like the uh, demonic aspect of things. That stuff really scares me, and I, I feel like it should. Um, I was also going to ask if your boyfriend had any uh, encounters with sleep paralysis. I know he saw the shadow, but did he have any of the actual sleep paralysis in the house? That's a good question. I was, because I mean, this yours took place in two different, two different locations. But I was just wondering, like, it almost makes you wonder if some locations are more attuned for this to happen as opposed to not. You know, like, I feel like those are those are aspects that people haven't looked into. You yeah. know what I mean? I mean, that makes sense. But, yes, thank you for sharing that story. Absolutely. It was a good one. It was creepy. I really, I really liked it. The dog thing really tied it in. With yeah, the, you're talking that about. was... That was the icing on the cake right there. Dude, I'm telling you, my hypothesis is correct. It probably is. Probably, I, told, I believe you. There's probably a hat man in here right now. Being I like, mean, they're on to my shit. I kind of retract my previous statement because I feel like since we d we're on WebMD, I'm kind of like a scientist slash doctor now. You're so. basically, after the alien implant story, you're also a surgeon. So you, I, could, I could go work you for CERN. extracted your own alien implant. I am a surgeon. That's dope. that's weird. You're not making near enough money. No. <laughs> <laughs> but we have. Let's find it. We have Tell another. Your mom to get me a job. She probably won't. Oh man. Let's pull up that other our other story that we would like to share with you guys. Another sleep paralysis. So yeah, our next story is from Jennifer in Illinois, a friend of ours. It goes, before I start, I just wanted to tell you how proud I am of you guys and how much I'm loving the podcast. Even though you guys had heard these a few times, I get to get some of my stories out there. For as long as I can remember, I've had what I call episodes at night. Only later in life, I've started referring to it as sleep paralysis, as although I'm not exactly sure what it is. I remember being a child and never wanting to go to sleep because I was constantly seeing things in my bedroom or any other place I happened to fall asleep. The episodes I had when I was younger aren't as vivid to me anymore as I've gotten older, but I remember standing on the bed trying to reach something on the ceiling and also walking all the way through the house to tell my mother that I thought someone was in the house, which happened to be an evening that my father was working midnights and my mother hated when he was gone. I think she could have killed me that night. I just thought maybe I was scared of the dark or had nightmares. It wasn't until I met my husband and he started actually seeing my actions 
while this was happening that I started to question exactly what I was seeing. He says, my eyes are open, but I'm not quite there. My eyes are a little glazed over. I'll move, talk, even argue at this, or even argue at the time. When I'm in this state, when I'm in this state, I'll see the room as it is, but there will almost be a veil over top of the room, almost shimmery sometimes. Sometimes these visions are terrifying like spiders or snakes or knives coming out of my closet doors. Sometimes it will just be people in the room with me, like a little boy that stood at the edge of my bed desperately trying to show me something by pointing at it that I couldn't see. Sometimes I'll stare at these visions for what seems like an hour, like the vines crawling on the walls or just shimmery shapes or words spinning and moving along the ceiling. I once stared at a puddle of blood on my fully lit living room floor while my husband was playing Xbox for a good 10 minutes until it disappeared. There have been three instances that have shaken me to my core. For months, I saw my ceiling falling in on me. Sometimes I would just lay in bed and let it happen. Once, I flew up out of bed, grabbed my 65-pound dog, and started running down the hallway. Once I saw my husband, I realized what was happening. Another was a face on my wall. It was gigantic, at least four feet tall, and coming out of the wall screaming. Thankfully, that one didn't last very long. Lastly, one I'll never forget, my husband was in the room awake at the time. All he sees is me flying up out of bed, searching for something on the floor, asking me what I'm looking at and what I'm doing, though at the moment is wondering where, why there's a bloody severed head rolling around on my bedroom floor. Finally, after my husband asked me multiple times what I was doing, I was snapped out of it. I usually get the same response from my husband, which is, just go back to sleep. She continues in another email. And you guys can include this to the end or not. I couldn't decide on how to end it, so I'll let you be the judge. To end on a brighter note, I've had one incident that was quite pleasant, which also makes me question if this is really sleep paralysis or something else. One of our friends passed away, who has been mentioned on the podcast a few times. My husband said the night before his visitation that he wished he knew if he was okay. Shortly after we went to bed, I feel like he let us know. I woke up and saw something leaning against the door jamb of our bedroom. I couldn't see a face, but the body and the clothes, I knew it was him. I rolled over to my husband and said, Brandon, there's someone here and they want to tell you something. He didn't wake up, so I looked back and the figure gave me a cross between a wave and a tip of the cap and I went back to sleep. So that are those are Jen's stories. First off, thank you so much for sharing, calling in, well, emailing in and sharing with us. Yeah, we appreciate it. And as she stated, we've heard her tell these stories before. That's why we were so adamant about getting her to uh, share them with everyone else. They are... They suck. Yeah. But they're terrifying. What I, what I find curious about the story, and when we were spitballing theories earlier, this for... Some of this stuff, I like my explanation how she may or may not be crossing the veil into something else because it's super weird when she says, I mean, it's the same word, but use like they're like there's a veil over what's going on and it's almost shimmery. Like there's a, for lack of better words, a filter there, like we were talking about earlier. You know, like she's seeing into something she's not supposed to really be seeing into. But yeah. it's and it's weird because it's almost like real time stuff. Like she's talking about the vines crawling up the walls, which in my head paints a picture of like uh let's assume doomsday happens and then Mother Nature's reclaiming the earth. And you know, she's kind of like fast track seeing Yeah, like seeing in the future. Yes. And like with the ceiling caving in and stuff. That's like, could that be from her in a different timeline experiencing her own death? That's pretty fucking deep well i mean it's it's oh yeah it totally makes sense and i was wondering when you said you saw uh letters on the wall even like swirling letters did they make words could you Dude, make that's anything wild out? like that, that's what i want to know it's almost like some was somebody trying to tell you something yeah um yeah it's almost it's almost like sleep paralysis dialed all the fucking way up yeah I mean? for sure and the face coming out of the wall i wouldn't be okay with that one no that's bizarre that is definitely bizarre. And I wondered if she had any, like, typical sleep paralysis that has happened to her. Touche. Some things that aren't super As vivid extreme. like this. Yeah, like if it yeah. just, if it started out, because she said she thought someone was chasing her when she was small, which kind of feels like your typical sleep paralysis. Did this start out as just 
did you see sh- like the shadows or the old hag or whatever? And then it's just kept escalating and escalating and escalating. And now you've got to this point to where like you're fully involved with the encounter where you're getting up and you're running and you're grabbing the dog and like, it's just dialed up tenfold. Right. So those are our two listener submitted stories on sleep paralysis. And like I said, I've, I've dealt with being awake, but not being awake and being scared. But I luckily think, fuck, I didn't have to deal with any of that. Yeah. Like like I've said several times tonight, I really find it odd that almost every encounter, aside from Jen's last story, but almost every other one you hear about, for whatever reason, the people are scared. Like like you were saying, you know, you you couldn't see nothing, you couldn't hear nothing, but you had that ominous feeling something was in the house and was coming at you. Why why does everybody have this feeling? It's it's bizarre, man. It's super weird. Which brings me to the last little tidbit that I found doing this research. Could these sleep paralysis actually be harmful? I hope not. So, this article is from the New York Times, May 10th, 1981. Nightmares suspected in the bed deaths of 10 Loatians. The Federal Center for Disease Control in Atlanta is conducting an intensive inquiry into the manner in which 18 apparently healthy Loatian refugees died mysteriously in their sleep in this country within the last four years. One possibility being explored is that they were frightened to death by their nightmares. The 17 men and women were members of a pre- Literate Loatian Mountain Society called the Hmong. About 35,000 Hmong are now living in the United States. Most of them fled their homeland after it was overrun in 1975. Uh, The Hmong is an isolated culture similar to that of the American Indian. Most of those who have resettled in this country live in concentrated communities in Missoula, Montana, Santa Ana, California, Providence, Rhode Island, Denver, and Minneapolis, St. Paul. Uh, Very few speak English. Their own tongue became a written language only a few years ago, and their adaptation to American life has been marginal. Until some relatively recent conversations to Buddhism and Christianity, their religion was animus, governed by spirits and manifestations of the soul. Terror induced by nightmares. The cause of the death of 18 refugees in their own beds in the early morning hours remains a mystery. The deaths have been generally attributed to probable cardiac arrhythmia or regular heartbeat although pathologists have been reluctant to advance it publicly one possibility being explored is an obscure pattern described in medical literature as oriental nightmare death syndrome in which the deaths result from terror-induced nightmare dr ray Barron, an epidemiologist of the center for disease control the federal agency responsible for analyzing patterns of mysterious deaths that might point to a potential source of the epidemic, acknowledged that nightmares were a possibility, but emphasized that no conclusion has been rich. However, Dr. Barron did say, on the basis of reports from medical examiners who examined the bodies, preliminary analysis pointed to natural causes and in effect ruled out accidental foul play or suicide. So, from what it sounds, is that these people died from being afraid in their sleep but to not be i don't i don't want to sound rash or anything here but the name they gave it was rather curious don't you think Mm, what was that the uh oriental nightmare death syndrome nightmare death syndrome it almost just painting just pinning something down it almost made it sound like those was more like it would be more common in your Asian cultures. Yeah, I mean, and and because they were all Asian, I mean, that's that's what they're attributing it to, right? They basically said that they have no idea what they died from. They know what they didn't die from. They didn't die from getting shot in the head, stabbed in the heart. They didn't fall off a roof. They didn't get poisoned. We did not autopsy in each case, and we got big zeros on all of the big known factors. He noted that five of the deaths in Minneapolis-St. Paul area had occurred within 18 months. 
We don't think anything mysterious was a first was a foot until the third and fourth deaths happened in quick su- succession. Then we began to wonder. He said that his own research in medical literature had disclosed this startling possibility that the four who died in St. Paul, all apparently healthy young men, might literally have been frightened to death. The syndrome is known as gut, a Filipino word for nightmare, and is described in medical literature as nightmare death syndrome. The fatal affliction, Dr. McGee said, has been suggested as a cause of death in similar cases among young Filipino males between 30 and 40. So, if being killed in your dreams sounds familiar... Wes Craven's Nightmare on Elm Street was spawned from the mysterious deaths in the Sloatian case, I read. Um, which is your Freddy Krueger. Yeah, which that, those are some pretty good movies. But uh, real quick, before we hop off here, do you know if all these Sloatian people were, like, they essentially knew each other? Like, let's let's say they were sleeping in the same facility or something to that effect um or is it like completely random it didn't say it just said they were refugees and it's like it told of where most of them went to but five of them were from the saint paul area yeah where the largest number reside 10 to twelve thousand. so there's a chance that they could know one another yeah see that that would make comparative it, but it also doesn't say that would make it more compelling if say all 18 of these people at least at some point, with say within the the two months prior to this, they were all in contact with one another. That would be extremely curious. Yeah. But then on the flip side of that, it also makes it interesting if they never had any contact with one another. That's true, So what's true happening too. to them has nothing to do with anything on the outside. And to our acknowledgement, or our knowledge... We We're basically sure. only know about these eighteen, or was these eighteen just kind of uh, they stood I out? I think more they happened the in such such succession. Like these are the eighteen that they pinned down in four years. But like I said, this was also possibly happening in the Philippines. Oh, okay, gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. Because they even had a word for it there. So it could be happening all over the place, right. but it's just getting pinned on different things. Yeah, so it, it would be more common than what it kind of makes it out to seem through some of it. So with that being said, maybe sleep paralysis isn't as benevolent as we think it is. Maybe it's more than just seeing shadows and stuff of that nature, hearing noises and feeling afraid. But at the end of it, you almost leave with what you came in with. No explanation as to what could be going on with sleep paralysis. That's why it's a mystery. I kind of feel like there's more than meets the eye with this stuff. I feel like it hasn't been, it needs to be researched more. Right. If four of ten of every American deal with it. That's pretty common. Yeah. You would think that they'd be like, man, maybe we should look into this. But like you said, for the most part, since it's not hurting anyone, they just don't kind of, right. kind of don't give a shit. Yeah. I mean, but that, unless that. it is hurting people and they just don't know it. Yeah. You know, if everybody dies in their sleep and they ride it off to a heart attack, what what if there's something causing those heart yeah. attacks? And I mean, since you since there's really no anything linking sleep paralysis to anything, why would they like they have no medical background on sleep paralysis, so if somebody dies in their sleep, that's a that's a big gap to to cross, you know what I'm saying? Like yeah. to be like, "Oh, it's definitely because of this" when they know nothing about the subject to begin yeah. with. So, I mean, they have no way of showing that it ever could have happened. Yeah, you know it's not I mean? even going to be it's not it, that won't even be at the front of their minds no. when it comes to trying to diagnose as to why they pass in their sleep. But I mean, the phrase scared to death had to come from somewhere. Yeah. It's wild. Absolutely. It's wild. So, if any of you have any uh, encounter with sleep paralysis and we haven't heard from you, please write us or call us and let us know. Because, like I said, it's a common thing. If your encounter is similar or if it differs, just hit us up and let us know. Yeah, cause some of these stories are extremely curious. You kind of you sit back and most of them are pretty wild stories so far. That's it for this episode. So thanks to all of you who tuned in and hung out with us. Thanks for everyone that submitted stories. Um, when this episode drops, that will be not this Monday, but next Monday. 
the following Monday, we will be headed to Lexington, Kentucky to CryptidCon. Gonna go down there and check that out, see what's going on. That occurs on our Saturday when we normally record, so we're gonna try to throw something together to get out to you guys. But if we don't, that's because we are down checking out the cryptids. So we apologize if it doesn't happen, and if it does happen, then we don't apologize. So <laughs> there's that. Oh, and I forgot to mention in last Monday's episode we did on the alien implants. If anybody thinks that they have an alien implant, hit us up. We want to hear about it. We want to hear about it. So on that note. <laughs> Thanks for tuning in. Everybody stay safe and uh, let's get weird.